Welcome to Generation Why Am I Like This? I'm Casey. I'm Liz. And I'm Alec. <laughs> and this is the podcast where you look back at some of our favorite pop culture moments, but not this week. No, this week's <laughs> about you. This week's for you, everyone. <laughs> oh, wow. Because we're talking about the amazing, honestly, Cinderella from I was going to say, this is a new favorite pop culture moment. Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. They don't get to own this. This is Whitney Houston honestly, and Brandy's yeah, like Rogers and Hammerstein can like go fuck themselves. They're the least, <laughs> be- they're like the least good part about this whole thing. If you Google Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella, what do you get? Not this Brandy Cinderella. Every time, every time. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Cinderella. <laughs> Actually, I would I would argue, and I didn't see this. I'm only this is only hearsay, but I would argue the only other acceptable form of Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella is when they revived it on Broadway, and Carly Rae Jepsen was Cinderella, and Fran Drescher was the evil stepmother. Like how amazing! Oh, that um, sounds and, so good. And I think when they revived it, Kiki Palmer was the first ever Cinderella on stage on Broadway. So we can go the for the first that. ever Cinderella on stage. And, like she went back in time and did the role before <laughs> anyone else. Oh, Black Cinderella. I didn't oh, say you didn't say but that. But she did say <laughs> she she was she felt like she could take the role on Broadway because Brandy already did it on TV and she didn't feel as much pressure. Brandy because she Bacon, saw herself as boundaries. a child. She's like smashing with that Brandy, glass ceiling. She did with her slipper. Her glass slipper was stronger than that glass ceiling. Stronger than yesterday. It's tempered glass. That's the only thing I can think of when she's standing on. I was like, this has to be really well tempered. Um, and that's how my brain works. Just like anyway, chocolate. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> we're, we're talking about um, Cinderella. So I I chose this one out of your selections. I believe it was Kristen. It was. I confirmed nominated today. Nominated this one. Yeah. Thank you, Kristen. We see you. We hear you. I think I threw up at your apartment once. Hi, Kristen. Uh, <laughs> I know some other stories of the things you did in her apartment. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about. That's a that. different podcast. <laughs> Don't talk about. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I never have fully seen this before. I've seen like clips and some videos and whatnot because, um, I mean, honestly, I hate Rodgers and Hammerstein so much. So that's kind of the reason why I haven't watched this before. Forgettable. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, the same people who wrote Carousel, like, you know, like they need to be put in their place. Come on. They we we've talked so much about carousel. This is I an anti-carousel podcast. <laughs> okay, literally, I did my lesson on musical theater the other day, and I was talking about the golden age of theater, and I was like, "So there's shows like Carousel, blah blah." And I go, "By the way, Carousel is terrible, and everyone should." Hate it, so. <laughs> Your completely unbiased opinion as a teacher. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Children of the universe, do not like this show." Even if they try to dress it up with mason jars and suspenders, like, no, nope, it doesn't work. Nope, nope. Facts are facts. That is trash. It is trash. Anyway, have have either of you seen this before we watch this for the podcast? Is this, like, old yes. news? Did you see it as kids? Talk about it. Yes. Tell me about it. <laughs> I definitely watched it as a child. I don't really, like, specifically remember anything about watching it as a child. I just know I've seen it. Um, I don't remember if I, I... My guess is that I saw it on TV because I don't... There wouldn't have been another way for me to really see it. So... Um, I, I'm thinking it probably played as a rerun on like ABC or like Disney channel or something, but I definitely have seen it before. So, yeah, this was for me, this was like one of the, one of the things I knew existed and I knew it was a phenomenon, but I never really watched until I was an adult. I think I watched this for the first time, like a year or two ago. Um, Isaiah and I did a, uh, like, I think it was over the course of a couple weeks, but we watched all of the Whitney Houston movies. And this was one of them, obviously, because Stellar. the queen herself is in it. The queen herself produced it. Come on. Um, but We'll get into it. We will get into it. But um, <laughs> I will say it was... Uh, I was going to say it's the best one of her movies, but like The Bodyguard is great. Also, uh, Waiting to Exhale is great. Also, unpopular opinion, Sparkle is fantastic. Like... It's a good movie. Um, <laughs> but no, I saw this a couple years ago for the first time. I absolutely adored it. Um, and not for the the traditional reasons. Like, it's because of the cast that this movie is so great. So we'll talk more oh, about yeah. that. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll hold off on talking about the cast because then that's a whole slippery slope. But Slipper? Um, slope? Slipper. It's a whole flippery slope. Wait, what's the joke you just said? Slipper? Because the shoe? Slipper. 
Yes, that's where I, I was thought going. a flip over as a it's a no, glass no, slipper. It sense. Oh my god, I'm dumb. We know I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Here's a little bit of history before we actually talk about the movie, because I thought, you know, it's me. I think it's interesting. I just like to know where things come from, where they're going. So um, in 1957, Rodgers and Hammerstein wrote the musical Cinderella for a live TV broadcast, not live, or just a TV broadcast. I forget either one. But like TV musicals were huge at the time in the 50s. And so they were like approached to be like, we want you to write one specifically for TV because we've just been remounting all these Broadway musicals and that's where you get like Peter Pan that recorded one too. Um, And so they're like, CBS, we have this idea for Cinderella and we're going to write it our way and it's been cool. And they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. By the way, we already have Julie Andrews like contracted to do a movie with us. So she's going to be the lead. And I was like, amazing. How cool. I had no idea. Just this little nobody, Julie Andrews. Yeah, she had just finished, um, what what was her first Broadway show? Um, Hello, Dolly, right? No, she, her Andrews? first one was, um, who am I thinking of? Oh, God. Well, there was all she the drama My about Fair Lady. My Fair Lady because she didn't get cast in the movie, and then she went on to do yes. Mary Poppins, and it was a lot better. Yes, so she was still on Broadway before she did Mary Poppins, I believe. Um, and they're like, she is going to be amazing. So this was actually her first like screen debut, I guess, that I read. I could be lying. I love to do that. Uh, anyway, fast forward. Um, and like TV musicals obviously like died out for a bit. Big movie musicals happened and then they kind of died out. And then we're here in the 90s. Okay. Fast forward to the 90s. <laughs> and um, a TV musical um Gypsy, starring one Bette Midler, premiered in 1993 and was a huge hit. And so they wanted to keep that, like, TV, movie, musical train going. Um, (laughs) And so the two producers, Craig Zayden and Neil Murren, um, who produced Gypsy, they pitched the idea of doing Cinderella. And, like, at the same time, Whitney Houston, like, called them up and they're like, hey, um, I want to do a movie with you guys and I want to play the lead. And they're like, well, what about Cinderella? And she's like... Yeah, I can be Cinderella. <laughs> so they're like, <laughs> I mean, she could. <laughs> she could do like a she share. Could. A share does West Side Story, where she literally does every part. I would watch that. Truly, um, amazing. Uh, but she becomes one of the producers, um, and then it gets delayed for several years for like multiple reasons. And one of them is a reason that I love is that they kept on doing rewrites for the script because she just wasn't so happy with it, and she was like the star. So if it wasn't like. If she wasn't there for it, then they're like, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. So they sent her one script, and she didn't respond to it for months and months and months. So then they hired these Broadway actors to do, like, a stage reading of the entire show. And then she showed up, like, four hours late <laughs> to the stage reading. And they finally did it. And she's like, this show's great. And then afterwards, she sent, like, alcohol and flowers to everyone. She's like, sorry, I was late. You guys did so good. I'll do the movie now. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> And at she was that just point, guilted into doing the movie at that point. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, God, I'm so late. Um, this is my voice. I'm Whitney Houston. <laughs> Whitney uh, Houston. <laughs> I'm not Dick Van Dyke at all. <laughs> um, well, because development was delayed so long, and then after that, it was pushed back even more because the producers of, like, or, like, the television network was like, no, we don't want to do it anymore. We're good. Um, and then finally, ABC and Disney picked it up. And she's like, I'm in my 30s now. I don't really feel like I'm a Cinderella type. I feel like I've outgrown Cinderella. I'm not innocent and naive. It's she's different. She's not that innocent. Yeah. And she's like, but my friend Brandy would be perfect for it. I didn't know they were friends. They were apparently friends. Oh, love right? that for them. Yeah, so it's Whitney who was the one who was like offering Brandy the role for this. And Disney was like, actually, we think it'd be better if a white woman starred in this because we don't think people are going to want to watch a black Cinderella. And they're like, what if Jewel played this? And then, right? What? Sorry, I did not know that. I am fucking yes. gagged. <laughs> and then all of the producers were like, no, we will not do the show unless if it's Brandy. So they didn't even offer Jewel the role. That was just like who Disney wanted to have. Um, and Her so it went to Brandy. Real soul. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fantastic. I, lo- I don't know. I watched Moesha growing up. I love it. And The Boy's Mine. We talked about it. Iconic song. And I love Brandy. She's just so cute. She's America's sweetheart. I don't care what people say. I don't care who else you think it is. It's Brandy. I like you're defending this point like we're arguing with it, but we're yeah, just like, I mean, okay, yeah. yeah <laughs> sure. Oh, well, 
I feel like people go with so many other like teen stars who they think is like the one that like, you know, grew up the best and had the least drama, and they're like mm. America's favorite. Da da da. I'm like, I love Hillary Duff, but everyone forgets about Brandy. She was right there the whole yeah, time. Yeah, but Brandy's actually talented. Brandy's so good. <laughs> I love Hillary Duff, but Brandy's amazing. But no one's saying Hillary Duff is talented. <laughs> hey, I love Fly. You're still not saying she's talented? <laughs> I am. I'm giving reasons why she's talented. I like her. That's fair. She it's, is likable. That's the, but the so controversial opinion is that she's talented. <laughs> um, so this then made Brandy the first black actress to play Cinderella on screen. So she did it. Broke barriers. Broke that glass ceiling more. Um, the producers also, when they were trying to cast, decided that they want a fully colorblind cast because they want to reflect the world of the 90s much more because most of the, like, productions in the past were, like, all white. Mm-hmm. Um, and Whitney, remember, I think, watching, like, the original um, Cinderella, and she's like, that was nice, and I loved it. It was wonderful, but I want girls like me to see themselves reflected in this, and I want girls who weren't like me to see themselves reflected in this movie, too, which I was like, star queen. So, um, suck it, Hamilton. Cinderella did it first (laughs) by decades all right that's it (laughs) end of statement thank you for listening to our podcast (laughs) um so a few changes to the musical were made which I actually think made it so much better um so they used other Rodgers and Hammerstein songs from different musicals to augment the score so there's just like random new songs that were put in here. So like the one that um, the stepmother sings wasn't in there before. The final song that Whitney Houston sings wasn't there before. Um, it's just a lot of my favorite parts were just like a grab bag of other shows that they're like, we'll just throw it in. Yeah. Um, they also updated the music slightly. They couldn't do a whole bunch to it, but like you could yeah, definitely tell it's so much better. Is it that last one that Whitney sings where there's like a total like R&B drum part in it and it's like okay yeah. work and Isaiah was like I don't think this was the original version of the song and I was like with this like 90s R&B drum track in it no there was not going on in the 50s um, well and what's that song the song that the stepmother sings right before they go to the ball the original mm. version is like so slow it's from I think the boys from Syracuse is mm. I think the musical it's from and like their version is like super fast paced and I love it it's probably one of my favorite songs from the movie uh, so the production cost $12 million, um, and it's one of the most expensive TV films ever made, which is great. Wow. Um, Still to this and, day? Yeah. Wow. And one of the producers um, hated that the production was going the way it was, and he was the one who was like, I want Jewel in this, and we should have more white people. <sighs> so much so that they ran out of money before the last day of shoots, so much so that they couldn't pay extras. And Whoopi Goldberg was like, here, I'm sending, like, my paycheck and some money. Like, use this to start off and, like, maybe as a way to, like, get them to bring more money. And the producer was still like, no. Uh, So then other people in the production pulled their money together to pay the extras for the last day of shoots just so they could wrap up everything. That's So people suck, but other people are awesome. That's what I've learned today. (laughs) People suck, but other people are awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the musical was also heavily promoted as the relaunch to the wonderful world of Disney, um, which Mm -hmm. is an anthology series and it's had several different titles throughout its time. It started in like the fifties or something. Um, and it did like made for TV movies. It replayed theatrical movies and it also did like behind the scene featurettes, which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah. I remember remember that, like, especially the behind the scenes things, like it would be like commercial break. And then during the commercial break, they'd be like. Have you, like oh yeah. have you seen this have you seen the behind the scenes one for this because we no. have the, yeah. we have the dvd of it and like the intro is bernadette peters just being like hello it's this so is bernadette peters and you can tell like whitney was like hell no you're not paying me enough to do this like voiceover too and bernadette was like i'll do it and it was this it was is my delightful. twin brandy <laughs> do her voice <laughs> Hello, I'm Bernadette hello. Peters. And That's this like is Barbara Walters. Like, Wendy. hello, this is 2020. I am Baba Baba. <laughs> That's me. That's how I do it. No, it's it's a very, very cute featurette. Especially, they show the first day of them walking through the set, and everyone is literally just, like, blown away how it's beautiful It's a fantastic they look up set. Close. And it's all, like, it's practical. Like, they built that shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, Brandy literally, like, falls over when they open up, like, the first garage door for her to Aww. see, like, the, the cottage. It's great. 
Um, yeah, so viewer-wise for this um, was a huge success. They got 60 million viewers on the first airing, which is the most that a TV musical had in decades. I will say the first Cinderella that aired on TV, I think, had like 120 million viewers, which is holy shit bonkers. But nothing else obviously had to be going. But there were like two channels back then. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like, like, do you want to watch the news or Julie Andrews? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they did great. Um, It did have mixed reviews. No, it was the 700 Clubbers, Julie Andrews. Oh my god, (laughs) (laughs) because that's been around for literally ever. Oh my god. I wonder how Julie Andrews won on that one. Uh, so the show did have mixed reviews. Um, while most people liked Bernadette Peters, Jason Alexander, blah, and Whoopi Goldberg, um, they were really divided, I guess, on Brandy and Whitney and their performances. Like, yeah, split weird. down the middle. Um, they also loved the production value and whatnot. Apparently, um, did you read the thing that apparently people thought, like, they didn't... They thought that Brandy's interpretation was too feminist for... Cinderella and I'm like she's not even doing anything like she's good in the role but she's not doing anything like really out of the box with it she's just being Cinderella like what literally in my next line says uh they were divided on it being a more feminist take was this more feminist absolutely not (laughs) I I guess in the original version she didn't have like the interactions with the prince like she did and the prince is much more like I want to marry for love as opposed to just being like, he just doesn't want to get married or whatever. I don't know what Mm. the reasoning would be. And she is much more kind of in control of a situation, but I just watched it and maybe it's because it's been decades since this came out that I was like, this seems like a Cinderella story. This doesn't seem that wild. Yeah. 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 Um, And not Hilary Duff's a Cinderella story. Which is iconic. (laughs) Which I've never seen, honestly. Um, you will, and you'll hate it. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I would watch it for the podcast. Let's do it. I mean, it has you Jennifer will. Coolidge in it. You won't hate it that much. I'm, I am think I'll have a good so time. Good. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> 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 um, but that's all the, like, past information, like, the history of the show that I had. Uh, it seemed interesting and, like, a fun struggle, and Whitney was kind of, like, pushing the bus the whole time, which I love. Pushing the struggle bus, but they got there. Pushing that struggle bus. Yeah. I'm like, I think it's very, like it's. I'm happy that this movie got created because I feel like yeah, it is kind of surprising. Mm. Sadly, like sadly surprising that there was a like black woman led musical in the '90s because I just feel like that, like. So it makes a lot of sense to me that there's a long story behind it, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, because totally. I'm sure it took forever to, like, that does not shock me that it took forever to, yeah. to make. Because it, this is not something, I think this would still be hard to do today, like, to convince mm-hmm. people. Like, somewhat. Oh, yeah. so. I mean, you saw the backlash they got for Ariel, and she's a freaking Yeah, movie. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I do love. It was actually really sweet. I was watching a video about the making of this, and they brought up the fact that Halle Bailey, uh, I think that's how you say your name. Um, when she got like a whole bunch of online hate for being cast as Ariel, the amount of people that posted like Brandy already did this. You guys need to calm down. This is going to be amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. Brandy pulled this off in the nineties. You all need to fucking shut up. I feel like, and and like I was saying about the fact that this, I knew this movie existed and it was a big deal. Like I, I say this fully recognizing the fact that like this movie didn't necessarily like end racism. This movie didn't like stop the systemic problems Mm -hmm. and, and not only like, that's the, a lot to put on a movie. The country. Exactly. And like, not only in the country, but in the world. But it's like, this is one of the pop culture things that when I was a kid made me feel like the 90s were really progressive and like integrated. Yeah. And there was so much more people like, even though, I mean, my, my hometown like had a, a fairly diverse range of like different types of people and backgrounds and races in it. But for a small town in Kansas, I would say, but um, I... Like, I always felt like the 90s, just in general, were, like, a little more diverse than when I grew up and was like, oh, yeah, maybe not so much. That's a bummer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's weird because I feel like we do have, like, better diversity nowadays. But for some reason, it felt like it was more of a constant thing and not a battle in the 90s. Maybe it's just because, Mm -hmm. like, being a kid in the 90s, I didn't see the struggle. Yeah. And now that we have the internet, everything's just, like, the world's so much smaller. But it is weird that it's like oh god like what 30 years later not quite like 25 and the idea of this movie being made i know would actually still be a struggle 
and it's just so strange that like yeah. mm-hmm. we had a yeah well they still like struggle <sighs> i mean there's all the people that you know didn't want black panther to get made and stuff and it was like wildly successful yeah. and you know what oh, yeah. the what was the marvel movie that just came out um with like simi lu and shang chi oh yeah shang chi Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, like the Eternals already has a whole bunch of hate because it's an extremely like diverse cast, mm-hmm. and there's also like queer characters that have an actual queer relationship on it. Yeah, um, yeah, people suck, but we're not gonna let them make this a downer podcast episode. We're gonna get hyped, okay? <laughs> Let's get yes. hyped. That's right. <laughs> um, so I have a little summary for the people that don't know what Cinderella is. I almost didn't write it, and then I had fun writing it. So I was like, this is for me. I don't care if anyone else enjoys it. Um, Because for some reason, (laughs) you'll see. Um, So here's the summary. So the prince and Brandy meet when she's almost hit by a carriage (laughs) and helps her pick up her things. We find out that the prince has to get married, and the queen and king throw him a ball to find a princess. Brandy is living with her evil stepmother, Bernadette Beaters, and her two two stepsisters. They're all invited to the ball, but they leave Brandy behind. Suddenly, Whitney Houston appears, and she (laughs) sings a great song with Brandy. Then she makes a carriage with some horsemen or whatever, and makes Brandy a cute dress. Brandy goes to the ball, meets a prince, and then falls in love. Brandy leaves the ball in a rush as the magic fades, but she leaves behind a glass slipper. The prince then travels the country to find Brandy by making women try on the glass slipper. The prince find her, and then they get married. The end. Um, Just in case any of the listeners were confused, I know the movie might be called Cinderella, but it is really about a character named Brandy. (laughs) I uh, I, I have to say, I was just typing this out, and then it wasn't until I typed Whitney Houston that it made me my brain click and go you keep on saying brandy instead of cinderella and i was like it's better that way <laughs> i mean truly yeah um so thoughts i i i loved it for the most part except for the roger and hammerstein bit <laughs> yeah yeah no i will say the music is for the most part forgettable it's just like yes here's the deal i i i say this knowing full and well that i worked for years and years in opera, which is notorious for like having really boring parts and repeating itself. But I found myself so frustrated with this musical when like half of the songs are literally just reprises of other songs that have happened, but slower. And I'm just like, can we please have a different song? But then when they would have a different song, it would also be boring, except for like (laughs) two songs, like impossible, flawless, hands down, perfect. Um, There was like a couple other songs. Okay, I also like the George Costanza's. Costanza song, which is what no, I call Liz, it. no, you don't no. like it. No. I hate it. Really, the drama I has entered funny. the chat. Oh my gosh! I no, mean, I just think me he's funny. Like I mean, I just think he's funny, and I just think he's having a fun time. And I feel like he's such a weird person to have put in this show. And I, I just think it's like hilarious to me that he's in it. And I feel like. But at the same time, I feel like he's earnestly doing it, which makes me yeah. happy. Like, I feel like he's completely committed to doing this character and, like, having fun with it. And um, there's a lot of cheese that gets picked up and taken around. And I think that's pretty fun. And <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of it as a fun <laughs> moment. I just think he's a funny character. And I liked watching him. I always, um, I always enjoy seeing Jason Alexander on screen. I will, like, he's not in my top five people that I... Like, he's not my top five no. favorite people that I no. see in this movie, but he's still enjoyable. Um, I just think, I think to me, he feels very out of place. So then while all of a sudden when he's there, I'm like, haha, he's funny. <laughs> like, what is he doing? <laughs> what you doing, Jason Alexander? <laughs> and I hated every scene he was in, except for the one where um, Whoopi Goldberg almost killed him by pushing him off a ladder. That was my favorite moment for him. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, I Casey wants to I don't, have bodily harm <laughs> happen to Jason Alexander. I guess. Here's my thing. I don't know what it is, but like he bothers me. I <laughs> Not mean, just in this, but in many things. For the but, listeners like, at home, me. we get to name ourselves in this chat that we're recording this through, and Liz has literally <laughs> named herself George Costanza, and Casey has named himself I Hate Jason. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that sums it up. Some truth. Um, it maybe it's because I loved Pretty Woman and I watched it a lot as a kid, and he's really gross in that whole movie and a horrible person, and so I can't look at him without seeing that. 
Or maybe it's just because I think he's the James Corden of this musical. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> but he wasn't put in every single musical for like two decades. So. Yeah, exactly. He's not. And also, I, I don't said think he was this like. this musical. That's fair. I yeah, but specific. I feel like. I mean, okay. Whatever. You can have your opinion, obviously. Uh, but I, I just think he's like funny. I don't. I don't. I That's feel like fine. he's doing, I feel like he is doing nothing offensive. Like, he's not doing anything that's like, oh, this is so annoying. He's not really even, like, chewing the scenery when he's not the, supposed to be the main person in the scene. Like, I feel like he just See. comes in, he does this little thing, he leaves, he, you know, he's like a good little servant to the prince, and I don't know, I think he's friends. <laughs> I mean, good no, little servant. Uh, no, I don't know. Also, his I haircut, just... I will say his haircut's terrible in this, so. Yeah. There you it go. adds to the yeah. comedy. I I was just confused why he had an accent and no one else did. Like, it was just a random choice. And yeah. I don't know, I, I thought his one number went on way too long and I got why it was. But whenever the gag is that someone's gonna get hit by something and they don't get hit, I get tired after a while because I want them <laughs> to get hit by something. Um, that woman should have whacked him with that big old... I don't know what it's called, like a wooden shovel of bread. <laughs> a wooden shovel of bread? <laughs> you know, the shovel used to get bread out of an oven. Oh, the big wooden um, shovel. <laughs> God, yeah. Like, I'm, I would think you know, of that like a pizza. I like a pizza stuff. oven. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but it's like called. a wooden shovel for bread. <laughs> I'm literally going to type in wooden paddle, shovel maybe? for bread. It's a paddle. Yeah. Is it a paddle? A bread paddle? A pizza paddle. <laughs> On Etsy, they literally have things called wooden bread shovels. Peel. It's... Peel. Pizza peel is what, yeah. Okay. No, it's a wooden bread shovel. You already um, told me. <laughs> anyway, he's dancing around holding that cake and no one hits him with it. And there's like 12 women around there. And I'm like, you should hit him. <laughs> and I'll stab. You should hit him. Bum, ba, dum, bum, <laughs> bum, 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 Yeah. I, I don't know. So I watched it twice and I literally skipped that number the second time. I mean, if I'm uh, going to pick my favorite supporting character in this movie it would probably be bernadette peter's dresses uh her dresses are the so good literally like her fir- like i was gonna say oh her first dress but then i saw her second dress and i was like great and then i saw her dress she goes to the oh. ball and i was like jesus christ like stop it this is amazing i'm glad you said something i'm gonna send you a photo um but yes when she starts off the movie by walking in that hobble skirt yeah she's doing <laughs> such so, a good job it and is like, so funny i love her little and she steps. just like buys into it and like she just you know and she's always tits out and i just love her yeah. so much i would um, die for burn up peters i would die for half of this cast honestly the robe she is wearing to get ready for the ball has a slit all the way up to her butt crack and i just sent you guys a photo of it because i did not realize until she turned around to like walk for a second. I was like, oh my God, that is the biggest slit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It's literally like if it's an inch higher, like you could see butthole and that's the icon she is. Show hole. <laughs> She's like, look at, how, this. look at how fucking hilarious the stepsister looks too. Like her legs. Like yeah. <laughs> I she has some like chicken legs. <laughs> she I know she's, she's so not funny. because Carol Burnett was not dead when this movie was made, but she looks like the reincarnation of Carol Burnett. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah. She has that curly red hair. It's great. What's her name? Vivian Cox as Calipe? Calipe? Yeah. <laughs> Caillou? Caillou. <laughs> Caillou! Caillou! Caillou. Uh, Stupid kid. The sisters are amazing. Yes. The sisters uh, are they fun. Really, they really do serve the whole time. Yes. Yeah. I like... Uh, I well, they're both fine. They both bring something pretty funny to the table. I feel like the one that like laughs all the time. I was like, okay, I'm good on the laughing. I don't need to hear it anymore. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the whole point. I know. That's Caillou. Uh, Caillou. <laughs> Caillou won't stop laughing. And then there's Minerva. Uh, and yes. I love Minerva. Minerva. Guys, I don't hit, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but the actress that played Minerva died last year. I know, oh, it's so sad. Yeah, that's sad. Cancer. It is it's a bummer. She is so delightful in this movie. Mm-hmm. I know she is really She is campy as hell and it's yeah. phenomenal. I mean, I think that's why this movie uh I feel like if it wasn't for the supporting cast, this movie wouldn't work as well as it does 
Because I will say Brandy is, like, very understated, like, the whole time. Which I think Mm -hmm. is, like, fine for Cinderella. But she doesn't do anything, like, big at all. Like, is that... I mean, not that I guess Cinderella ever does anything. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like that's the... Yeah, you you don't stand out. Like, you can do a solid job as Cinderella, which Brandy does. But, like, you don't stand out as Cinderella. Because you sing these, like, songs that are such standards of that, you know, that era of musical theater. But you don't Mm -hmm. have, like... A huge like the showstopper in this like would be what in my own little corner in my own little chair like come on it's like one of the most boring songs ever <laughs> like it's, I know. it's not great it's it's not that's the other scene i honestly skipped because i've heard it <laughs> so in high school we did a version of cinderella that's not rogers and hammerstein but they knew that people would come to see cinderella for specific songs so they added in my own little corner and 10 minutes ago because we break the law in high oh school. Oh my god, that is the most illegal thing no, I've ever heard. Of course they did. Well, because well, they wouldn't the- grant you that. They would not no, be able yeah. to do that because like it's a I'm sure it's a totally different licensing company. Like because yes. the it, same licensing company wouldn't have two versions of Cinderella or like This is like an un not unknown but like a super obscure. I mean, you could probably do it at your school as not in a bad way but like it was fun at least but in that one hey we're doing the real mary poppins right now so you don't need to diss me this is the real mary poppins y'all that's what the show's called it's just like an offshoot mary poppins (laughs) it's like eat pray love but it's mary poppins after the first movie good for her she deserves she gets her groove back (laughs) Um, mary got her groove back but so in that version literally like the main characters and i feel like this is every cinderella but the version that we did in high school like really really focused on this were the fairy godmother and the stepmother like and all the other characters i feel like are really secondary in a cinderella Mm. story i mean i'll be honest with you cinderella story i've never seen another version of rogers and hammerstein cinderella so like i don't couldn't really tell you what it's supposed to be like um, but I would say, like, if I had to pick, uh, I mean, I feel like they allowed some extra screen time for some of these characters, but I would say, mm-hmm. yeah, like, the stepmom and the fairy godmother are the ones that are the showstoppers. I mean, in this yeah. version, Whoopi Goldberg as the princess mom is right up there. Yes. That's why, when you said your favorite secondary character was Bernadette Peters, I actually thought you were going to say Whoopi Goldberg instead. Because I mean, to me, Bernadette Peters and Whitney Houston that are was, actually the stars of this, but yeah, that's just me. That was, a, that was a joke about Bernadette's dresses. Well, not a joke about Bernadette's dresses, but like a joke because like Bernadette's dresses aren't sentient humans and they you can't be supporting characters. I gotta explain this joke, okay? I have to explain this joke. Let me explain this joke. Let me explain this joke. I have to explain this joke. Please let me... But no, as of like human people in this movie i would say Whoopi goldberg because she like literally Whoopi goldberg has like three words she actually says that are scripted in this the literally everything else is just her going ah, 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 like she ah, just squeaks ah, and it is the most <laughs> delightful thing ever it's so fucking funny she actually um, wasn't gonna do this she was asked to be um i think the fairy godmother or the stepmother i forget if i think the stepmother really um but she had a scheduling conflict and then they asked um, Bette Midler to do it. And Bette Midler was like, I feel really uncomfortable being mean to like a black girl playing Cinderella. And then like Bernadette Peters, will you do it? And she's like, I have no problem. <laughs> uh, and then they're like, I well, mean, we need- yeah, I feel like that's stupid. Like, yeah. It, I don't know. That's a little dumb. Like, it's trying to be so anti-racist that you kind of loop back to kind of. Be oh, racist, you mean maybe? Utica? Utica being Bob Ross? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, I think as far as that goes, I'm not saying that there aren't like implications with that storytelling, but also like they balance it out by having one of the stepsisters be black. And like, she's obviously like the stepmom is very doting on that. There's like favoritism. So like you have. Well, and it's like the, it's com- not a race the whole show altogether is like completely colorblind casting. So like, yeah. I yeah. feel like there's nothing like to me. <clears throat> I just feel like that wouldn't even enter my sphere. I guess if you're, tr- I mean, whatever. She obviously was trying to be careful, but yeah. I, that seems silly. But yeah, I I would understand more <laughs> that she would just be like, no, I don't want to do a TV musical. I kind of jump started this TV musical craze. Yeah, <laughs> that inspired this all. So I'd yeah. be like, mm. um, but I was like, whatever. We got Bernadette, and honestly, like I love Bette Midler, but Bernadette Peters 
is made for this movie. Like, yeah, she's yes. so funny. And uh, like, if it, it if it meant that Whoopi got the role of the prince's mom or the queen or whatever her official title is, like that's amazing because yeah. she's perfect in it. She worked around her schedule because they're like, we can't find someone to play the queen. And she's like, this movie's too important. People need to see it. So I'll make it work and I'll be your queen. And I was like, ah, you are. You can queen. be my queen anytime, Whoopi. Oh my gosh. Have I, I know you guys have, I know you guys know the story. I'm sorry, Liz, but have I no, told my ahead. Whoopi Goldberg story on the podcast? I don't think so. Okay. So take yourself back to the year of like 2016, I want to say it is. I'm in the market for a new computer and I'm looking at an Apple store on the Upper West Side here in New York City. In New York, sure. And uh, ugh. Ugh. and <laughs> I'm like farting around playing with the different like MacBooks and Isaiah's with me. And at one point he's across from one of the big tables from me and he looks up at me and goes, Alec, come here. And I was like, I was playing with this like cute pink MacBook that had like the little touch bar in it. I was playing with the, the touch controls. I was like, no, I'm playing with this. And he goes, come here now. And I go, ugh. And so, like, I stomp over to him. I'm like, what do you want? And he goes, did you see who you were standing next to? And I look up, and Whoopi Goldberg was literally, like, six inches to my right. And she was just, like, looking at a computer, talking to one of the Apple store workers and asking them questions about computer things. And the kicker is that she had red Crocs on. She was wearing Crocs that day. And she had the little, <laughs> the, what do they call them, gibbets? The little pins and the crock yeah, holes. Yeah. And they were little French fries. <laughs> she had little French fries in her crock holes. Please stop saying crock holes. Crock holes. <laughs> I she just stuck been... her little French fries in her crock hole. <laughs> I was so on board and so happy about the story, smiling, and then he said crock hole and fry in a crock hole, and you lost Fry in a crock hole. <laughs> Two bit. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's my little oh. Goldberg story. In my own little crock hole. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, I but no, she's great. I love, there's a line where, <laughs> where is it? They're talking about like the prince getting married and they're like, mom, don't you just want me to be happy? And she's like, happiness has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I was like, you're fantastic. I love um, it. And then. She literally pushes Jason Alexander on a ladder, like onto the ground, and it's my favorite. <laughs> so I feel like the funny thing is, though, that anytime the king came on, I was just like, you fucking asshole. You. How dare you be mean to Elwoods? <laughs> to Elwoods. Yeah. I can't even look at you. <laughs> Victor Garber's see? reputation will always be stained. I know. It's like every time I see him, I'm just like, how could you put your hand oh. on her knee? That is so exactly. inappropriate and terrible, <laughs> and I hate you. I mean, yes, it is. I'm not laughing at that, but. Yeah. No, I know. Which, but I'm... <laughs> um, he got cast, I think, because of Whoopi's suggestion, because apparently they're friends and they go back a, like, a long time. And mm. at this point, he was only a Broadway star. So she's okay. like, you have to cast him. He's great. And then they had great chemistry. And they're like, of course. Which they do have really good chemistry in this movie. Yeah. I mean, they he, seem is, like he is good. Couple. I just can't look at him and not think of that. No. Oh. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> he's very much like the straight man in this situation because he's yeah. like very deadpan. He doesn't like his joke is that he's like he doesn't care as much. And Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. is overacting everything. And it's it's a yeah. very good juxtaposition between the two. Well, of and he's sweet to his son. He's like, you should go yes. find her. Like, you yeah. need to go mm-hmm. do whatever you can and Cam, i'm like oh is this is this the time where i thirst over the prince now can i oh my before God. you start i have one comment about i'm it. sorry i'm already um, thirsting but you can talk a uh, three minutes in whenever brandy and the prince were talking to each other i literally wrote down this had to be an amazing treat for little bisexual kids all around the world to watch this scene truly <laughs> truly <laughs> it was a little treat for bisexual alec when he watched this two years ago <laughs> i'll tell you that much like this man is so attractive. He is. And there's a scene where he walks through and his shirt is undone and you can see all them abs. Uh, yes. What a dream. What I, a dream. It, it was wonderful. And I loved that. So Jason Alexander is supposed to help him get dressed, but he just does the top button on his shirt and the top button <laughs> on the vest. So as he's walking, his shirt's just like opening uh, up a little bit. And I was like, this is. This he is, knew what he and was yet doing. You, and yet you hate Jason. And look what he did for you. <laughs> Look what I Jason Alexander did for the queers, okay? Yeah, look what he did. For <laughs> he did on purpose. They're like, Jason, you have to button up all the way. He's like, I can't. He's that don't, <laughs> that's not what the queers you. want. <laughs> okay, I will say the only thing I, about him that I didn't like is his haircut. I do not like yeah. when it's like the that brush forward. Jason, 
Uh, oh. No, the prints. Oh, yes. Um, When they brush it forward and then have it, like, trimmed and they have, like, the little bangs. Like, that was a popular haircut of the it 90s. I 90s, get it. Yeah. I just, like, ugh. I look at it and I'm just, like, why did this... It's just, like, now when I go into my high school that I'm working at and every boy has a mullet now and I'm, like... <clears throat> I literally want to scream. Like, I'm just like, why? Why? And I know it's, like, because basically nothing matters and, like, the world is dying. And so kids are just like, whatever. I'm just going to do my hair stupid. But, like, ugh. It looks so (laughs) stupid. Yeah, but, like, all those ironic, like, all those things that people do ironically, like, they always come back into fashion and people start doing them earnestly again because they saw someone, quote, unquote, cool do it on TikTok or something. Yeah. I will say when I was watching this, it made me think of, oh, Josh Hartnett's hair from like the 90s. Uh, yes. Yeah. Which Damn. is a train wreck. <laughs> oh my God. I saw a meme the other day that was like the fact that horror in the 90s gave us Courtney Cox's <laughs> hair in Scream and Josh Hartnett's Josh hair in The Faculty hair. is like so funny. <laughs> and I think Josh Hartnett, like, maybe this is just a rumor, but I feel like he wouldn't let anyone else cut his hair. So he just always cut his own hair and it always looked a mess. And somehow he was always the hot lead like, of movies. He literally <laughs> looks like he just woke up, like, and it has, like, calyx and, like, all yes. these weird little things sticking up. Like, <laughs> it's so bad. I <clears throat> don't get how, yeah. We need to do a Josh Hartnett movie just so we can talk about his hair the whole time. Okay. I'm game. I'm good. I'm gay. <laughs> 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 um. So I do, I touched on it a little bit, but I do want to talk about some musical numbers because I think we need to just to like get to some points. So one is Falling in Love with Love. I have to bring it up. Because that's that the Bernard first Peter song? song. Oh, no. okay. When it's like her and the sisters and they're getting ready and they're mm-hmm. like, Cinderella, you don't know anything about a dance. And they're like, falling in love with love. <laughs> yeah. I loved it and I loved everything about it. And I want to watch that scene nonstop because I'm obsessed with it now. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. Them getting dressed. That's all I have to say about it. Let me go on. <laughs> Let me elaborate. <laughs> and then, like, I don't know. It just got a great tempo. And every song before it was so slow, I felt mm-hmm. like, except for Jason Alexander's song that I've already stated I didn't like too much. Um, that it's just, like, it was the first time in the movie that I was like, oh, the music makes sense with what's, like, going on. And it feels like it's propelling the plot in a way that's fun mm-hmm. um and also i love bernadette and she can sing anything all the time and i'll love well, that, it that was the thing i was gonna say like i don't remember i remember this moment in the movie as you described it but like mm-hmm. i couldn't sing a line of the song for you like i oh, don't yeah. remember yeah. the music but like i remember the scene being fun so yes falling in love with love that's all i remember because it's literally the title of the song and i have the song list in front of me <laughs> um great also, so, like, if we talk about the ball, right? Can we move on mm-hmm. to the ball? Is that okay? We, Am I skipping well, too much? Can I, 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 we got to talk about impossible okay. for a second. Yes, because I we realized... We need to talk about Whitney. Oh, we've talked, well, about, yeah, Whitney. True, we've talked about Whitney in, like, the how the film got made, but, like, her yeah. in the movie yes. is a revelation. It, it Literally, when she popped into that window and said, like, hi, fiddly, or whatever... Yeah, fiddly diddly do. Like she, fiddly diddly do. You're a dumb bitch. (laughs) Like she walked onto the set and she was already wearing that dress and she was just like, "I'm here to do this part." And she's like, "Whatever, I don't remember the line. It's great." Like I know that's like in the script and like that's the character sort of, but also it just feels like she's like, "This is." I I will say that part is so weird. Like I do not the fiddly diddly do whatever the hell that is. I'm like, why? Why? Why it's do you so keep Rogers saying and Hammerstein. I know. I hate it. I I don't like it. I I like how she's just like I'm your fairy godmother, of course, or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. whatever she says, and I'm like, don't you know that? And I mean, her delivery is wonderful, and she looks wonderful. Yeah. She's hilarious. I just hate when they keep saying it because then Cinderella mm. says it, and then she says I it wonder, again, and I'm like, eh. Like, I want to know. My instinct is to say that it was like a joke about. Disney's Cinderella with Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo because Disney Cinderella came out in '50 and Rodgers and Hammerstein's mm. came out in '57 and I think they were trying to like make a joke about it sort of and it is yeah. also funny that then it was like regurgitated by Disney yeah, on ABC. Disney's like your joke, we're making money off of it. What now? <laughs> <laughs> um, we make money off of literally everything. Yeah. So, but well, talking about the behind the scenes video because we're jumping around like crazy because it's my episode. Um, 
when they show them rehearsing it's possible and like it's just so cute the two of them together because they like typically when you do the vocals you're in two different sound studios doing it but they wanted to record together in the same space doing this song Mm -hmm. so it's just like them interacting and like singing together and learning the parts together and it's just very sweet um I love it. Isn't that, I didn't rewatch that part of it when I watched it this time, but isn't there like a little part where they're like kind of figuring out the harmonies in that part? And there she's like, you go up there and I'll be down here. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh huh. Okay. Well, there's a part where they're paying, like playing the piano part. And for some reason, Brandy's singing like an octave lower. And she's like, impossible. And Whitney's like, no, 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 impossible. And she's like, impossible. She's like, why are you down there? It's impossible. <laughs> she was like, hello, you are and not I Tony Braxton. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It, it was wonderful. It's very cute. And I think anyone else singing the song, I would not like it. But their voices sound so good together. And they're just so, I don't know. I love Cinderella in this moment because her and the fairy godmother, their chemistry it, just works yeah, so well. It's really good. Also, maybe the best part of the entire movie is when uh, uh, Whitney goes, Invisible. Like when she just like kind of like bumbles it, Invisible. Yeah. Uh, also, special shout out to the amazing 90s graphics that. Um, no, sparkle- I was going to oh, say no, about the I'm swirls. So Dang it. Because they do that at the beginning too. Liz, describe it more for people who haven't seen it. Well, I just love that they, like, literally it sparkles, but then there's literal pictures of swirls that are part of the magic, and it's so wonderful. Like, uh, uh, anybody that knows this comic, there's a comic called Uzumaki, it's a horror comic, and it's all about this guy that's obsessed with swirls, and he becomes Mm. so obsessed with swirls that he wants to become a swirl, and so he bends his entire body into this swirl shape, and like that. (laughs) This is not where I expected this to go. (laughs) And so every time, I don't know why, but I just see this movie and I'm like, swirls, swirls. Uh, it's, I feel like <laughs> it's the most, like, watch oh my gosh. I feel like it's the most noticeable when she, because for some reason, Whitney does like an intro at the beginning of the movie. Yes. She's like, it's, she I don't know. It's like in character. She's like, impossible. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's she part of the, the stage musical or if that's just something they did for the movie, but it's it's fun. But also the little swirls yeah. are around her at that point, and it's funny. That I is think... something, something bumpkin. <laughs> yeah. I think the beginning and the end Whitney moments were added for the movie. I could gotcha. be wrong. Um, yeah, it's great. I thought you were going to talk about the amazing effects of Whitney flying outside of the carriage. Okay, that's also hilarious. <laughs> oh, I love that. I Literally, it. like, Cinderella's just like, on my way to the ball. And then Whitney's like, wait a second, I'm still here. <laughs> like, yeah. We were done with the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I love that. Uh, it's, it's so funny. It's so cute and so great. Um, I also want to give a shout out um to the tenth kingdom for stealing some of these backgrounds that they had in this movie (laughs) (laughs) oh lord it's Uh, the same style of like weird painted background that's just like thrown into a thing and i was like Mm -hmm. it works you did it thank you i mean they probably rented it from somewhere they're not like super distinct backdrops they're beautiful okay they're great but the ball can we talk we can about the costumes the at the ball. ball because i'm obsessed with the fact that it's all purple blue <clears throat> like oh, yeah it's like so wonderful i love the whole like color scheme thing because i just i don't know i just think it's so clever and then i think it's fun that the stepsisters stand out so much mm-hmm. um i mean mm-hmm. obviously this is not that hard of a concept it's a very simple idea but like i just still really liked it and i thought it was super fun and i felt like all the costumes were really adorable and also, I absolutely loved when the prince was like, can you hurry this up? And like, was like, come on, <laughs> let's just go. Up, and yeah. he's just like, he's like literally dancing with a girl for two seconds and then she's gone. <laughs> I love the way that he signals that he's done with a dance that was raising his hand. And so he'd wait yeah. for someone to turn their back and he'd be like, this one, get me out of here. <laughs> uh, it yeah, was I, wonderful. My one complaint is actually something that you were talking about because the stepsisters and the stepmother do like stand out so well because Uh they used color theory to make them pop against all the blues and purples Uh but i understand why they did blue because it was disney being like cinderella has to be in this blue gown that's like disney cinderella we got to keep with it Uh but they put some other people in like the exact same color as her yeah it wasn't a full outfit So I was just like, I wish that they would have kept everyone in like dark blues and dark purple. So when her and the prince stood in, it was like this white and light blue moment that just like stood out in front of everyone. 
in a great way that wasn't like these bold garish colors like the stepsister and the stepmother mm-hmm. that's my only complaint about it where i was like ah you were so close you're so close yeah. to having it like perfect yeah i did i really appreciated that the i feel like for the most part the costumes are so whimsical in this movie but in the ball they're like they're correct me if i'm wrong but they feel like really mid-century like 40s 50s ish um like just like all the tool like they're not like a they're not like what would be like that era oh, yeah. like that they're they're definitely like the 20th century like with all like the big tool skirts and everything mm-hmm. they're like they're really pretty yeah. i i liked it a lot no i totally agree i did think it was neat um and maybe i was wrong but there is one woman who looks like she's indian and it looks like they did the same design but like gave her a sarong out of the tool to go into uh, a big tool skirt too. i didn't notice that and so it had like little short sleeves like uh, the top you'd wear like underneath one mm. for the top mm-hmm. of the dress and i was just like this is if this is what they were going for like i think that's so cool to like bring that in costume design yeah. wise yeah um but yeah i agree it's like a lot of tool instead of like these heavier like a taffeta fabric or something else mm-hmm. onto it which i well, think I felt made like the... it feel light and fun yeah mm-hmm. and like the bodices were like so structured um yeah it just felt like what I i'm sure it's also of that era yeah it was a lot cheaper to do it that way i'm sure oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I will have to say, though, the ball in general, I felt like the action just, like, comes to a stop. Because <laughs> I think yeah. we know, like, in my brain, I'm like, yeah, this is where Cinderella and the prince, like, fall in love. Mm-hmm. But I think their first interaction was, like, more entertaining than this whole moment. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. Because they, well, because they get to talk more, almost. Like, I mean, obviously, they're singing a song in this part. Sorry, my contact is, like, falling out of my eyeball. Um, there's, like, they sing that song together about, like, is this love? Or do I love you because you're beautiful? Or are you beautiful because I love you? That whole... Another boring song. But, but yeah, I just feel like their you conversation... <laughs> That's what makes you beautiful. Uh, uh, oh. Um... But yeah, I I 100% agree that the beginning part, because it's like the prince in his, he gets to be himself 100%. He's yeah. not being watched at all. And so that's why it's such a nice little moment. But And also I'm like, boy, you really don't remember this girl that you literally just met? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, He's I know like, that's she the whole. She doesn't look poor enough. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the whole spiel with Cinderella, but like, uh, I'm like, dude. And jumping back to their first interaction and talking about costumes, I don't know how they did it, but they made him look so good in, like, these high-waisted but, like, not fitted pants and, like, a shirt that's just bloused on top. Like, the blousing of his shirt is so perfect that I just stared at the whole time and I was like, why does this look so perfect on you? You know what? Maybe Hocus Pocus should take notes. Those boys at the beginning, they should have better fitting shirts. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I want to give a shout out to Brandy's hair, like, during this moment. The fact that they kept her braids and then they curled to give them tendrils, it was, like, so cute and so cool at the same time. It, it just makes me so happy seeing her updo in this part and still letting yeah. it be, like, braids. Yeah, I love the fact Iconic. that she has braids the whole movie. <clears throat> and they reference it. They changed the line mm-hmm. to, like, make it, ah, it's so good. Um, the last song that I like is the stepsisters lament whenever they're watching Brandy and the Prince dance. And my favorite part is Caillou trying to walk through the bush, but she has like, <laughs> it's, her not weird... Caillou. <laughs> it's Caillou, uh, but she has her weird big, like hoop skirt. That's only at her waist. Like it's like yes. a hula hoop around it. Uh-huh. And she's trying to get through. And then this other sister gets stuck and then she has to pull her through. I actually, just think it's great. Casey, I remember the pronunciation. It's actually colonoscopy. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, colonoscopy. <laughs> colonoscopy uh, I think, Jones. Yeah, I think that song's super fun, and the two of them are so campy, and they have, like, probably Kalanipin. the... Kalanipin and Minerva have, like, the best chemistry of the entire movie. They play off each other so well that yeah, somehow they're, they're so like... Funny. <laughs> they just feel like weird campy versions of sisters like full yeah. on through because they're like fighting a lot but also you can tell they get along and they like love each other but oh also yeah like you like, can tell those actors great. like had a great time together yes That's they're great. so cute uh sort of on the same wavelength i want to <laughs> give a shout out to the fact that uh first of all that 
the set of the house, like Cinderella's house that they live in, is like beautiful. Like they put it on a soundstage. It's like yes. a fully realized set. They walk down like the little path to the house. It's cute. But it's so good. they open the door and go inside and they live in a cheesecake factory. Like I <laughs> like everything everything is that like that brown cheesecake yes. factory and like there's it's like sponged on the wall and there's things painted on the wall. I'm like, why do you live in a cheesecake factory? What is going on? <laughs> it's crazy. That's so perfect. Now you're making me Google a thing. They live in a cheesecake factory, and yet they have to carry around a fake cake when they were fake cake, <laughs> fake cake. Walking. Do you know what I'm talking about? Cake. It's the it's the during the George Costanza song yeah. and that oh, yeah. cake. And I'm like, this is the that fakest is fucking cake I've a ever cake seen. Cake made in my out life. of paper, like I know. And I was like, I mean, that. it's I get it, but I was also like, <clears throat> really, we can not them It made me feel good about like high school theater i was like okay why do i worry about things looking real i mean like yeah it's a good point um <clears throat> no i i think the sets we talked about it a little bit is just gorgeous but especially the outside yeah. of that house is like breathtaking oh, yeah and the two peacocks and the statue that is literally burned at peter's and the two sisters like in a circle around each other there's a statue of three this. women and it's literally oh. them. Like and, they at the house? Figures. In their house? Yes. Uh, There's like a little fountain outside of like the three of them standing around. I wonder if That's the amazing. same person that made the uh, Hocus Pocus statue at the end made it for them. But they didn't Probably. blow up the Bernadette Peters one. Uh, yeah. Because uh, Natalie DeSalle, who played Minerva in the behind the scenes thing, literally runs up to one. She's like, oh my God, it's me. This is my butt. That's <laughs> and it's so cute. That is so yeah. cute. I loved it. I... I'm so happy I finally watched this. I will say I still I'm hate so surprised. Machine, but this is so good. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm this so surprised so you hadn't seen this until now. Me too. But honestly, I even went into it and I heard the music start and I was like, God, I hate Rodgers and Hammerstein. <laughs> it is. It's <laughs> so the worst much. part of the movie, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I wish, uh, especially because you can hear. Like I wish the estate would have just let them do whatever they wanted with the music because you can already hear how much better it is than the original versions. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but it's good. It's good. It is good. Yeah. Dude. Well, I mean, the end, I feel like we should talk about how great the shoe trying on scene is because it's comedic gold. And yeah, uh, I love when Bernadette Peters gets the slippers on and she's like, oh, see, it's me. <laughs> it fits <laughs> like... me. Well, they do the whole thing. Like, there's a great montage where they're trying on all the different shoes on all the different people. And um, Great socks, they... by the way. So many good socks. So many good socks. And they finally get to Cinderella's house. They try on both stepsisters. It doesn't fit. And they're like, are you sure there's not a wom- another woman here? And Bernadette Peters is like, well maybe one tried on me and it's just like it's i don't know it's so funny uh anyone younger younger than <laughs> you <laughs> it's great i love it she's bernadette peters is a treat honestly. also i like the prince's long blue jacket thing that he wears during this whole segment it's, mm-hmm. it's very good so um but yeah i mean and then you know of course they find each other they fall in love they find the slipper and then I love their kissing and then like Whitney Houston comes out and they kiss for fucking ever. They're like kissing for so long. So then there's like a kiss transition into them at the back of the carriage that they're already in their wedding outfits and they're like going off to be married. But like the whole time they had to keep their mouths touching and I was like, dang. Whitney wastes no time. She's like, you're kissing, you're married. Yeah. <laughs> there was a part in the end when they kind of go through the town and all the townspeople are celebrating that they screen screen Whitney singing into this doorway. And yes. I know for a fact that none of those like chorus members or extras knew that they were going to put Whitney in this doorway. Like, I just like imagine the fact that they were just like doing the scene. And then when the movie aired, they were like, holy shit, Whitney Houston was right behind me. Like, <laughs> no, I no she idea. wasn't right there. The camera's actually focusing on me in this moment. Cause <laughs> I, am stupid. I the main character? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I love it because she's definitely like a 2D image almost, where they slowly rotate it with the camera, and then they go to like her actually standing <laughs> in that room. Yes. It's wonderful. She's... It's wonderful. I also like her subtle costume change in the end. Like... I don't know if anyone else, like, I didn't catch it. it. She just goes from one, like, gold dress to another gold dress. Yes. Well, this one's more of, like, an ivory gold. Mm, Like, a white gold, mm, maybe. mm, mm, mm. But the first one had, like, a sheer little cape that, honestly, was just a giant rectangle that they cut off and then, like, heat set some things onto. 
And then the final one is like more of a full cape where her arms actually go into like real sleeves and it has like a collar on it that's different. I was just like, I know she was like, I need a new outfit for the ending. <laughs> you guys had to do something and I had She's to like, I'm the producer. I'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah. You'll pay for it. It's fine. It's worth it. I'm Whitney Houston. <laughs> They're like, you're right. You got it. Um, and I think that's Cinderella. <laughs> I think that's an, I mean, we could probably talk about this for another hour, but we're already at an hour into the recording. So do you guys have any final thoughts about this? Did your lives change while watching it again? <laughs> Uh, it didn't change again, but I think it changed a little bit when I watched it the first time. So, yeah. I mean, my life changed a little bit while I was watching this because I found out that the Animal Crossing 2.0 update came out. Oh my god! <laughs> I am going to go download it like right when we're done with this, and I'm going to try to get one of the new characters. Uh, amazing. Well, speaking of Animal Crossing, before we wrap up the podcast, I like <laughs> to let you know that we do have a visual companion to accompany this episode. You can find it on Instagram at Why Am I Like This Podcast or Facebook on our Generation Why Am I Like This fan page. And if you'd like to reach out to us, we have an email, which is why am I like this at gmail.com. Uh, and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Um, first, you can tell us uh, what subpar white woman you would replace Brandy with. The answer is none. Um, and second, you can watch the movie and tell us which of Whoopi Goldberg's 14 squeaks are your favorite because they're each different um, and distinct. I vote Avril Lavigne. For which of your favorite Whoopi squeaks? <laughs> Avril Lavigne no, was my for... favorite squeak. It was my favorite. It was the 14th one. Uh, she was hidden. I no, as a Avril mediocre Lavigne. replacement. <laughs> How bad? Impossible. <laughs> She's Daphne Rubin Vega now. <laughs> Uh, let's do some many good things. Um, I'll start us off. Uh, my many good thing just happened to me, and I rushed straight to this podcast recording from it. I had a surprise offer to see a dress rehearsal of the Radio City Christmas Spectacular because now that Halloween is dead, it is Christmas time apparently. And um, I had really good seats, and it was fun, and it was free. And it's, you know, there's nothing like just sitting through 90 minutes of spectacle and really tight dancing to just kind of put you in a good mood. Um, um, and I had Halloween some... never dies, by the way, so rude. Uh, Love <laughs> Never continue. Dies, the Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, sequel to Phantom. Thank <laughs> Casey's, you making a lot of... <laughs> Casey's making a lot of gestures. Um, anyway... You reminded me of my mini good thing. <laughs> Ooh, oh, no. Um, anyway, oh, I know what it's going to be. Anyway, uh, I had a good time at the show. I uh, thanking my friend Tracy for that ticket, even though she doesn't listen to this podcast. Rude. Um, and then we had some great ramen afterwards. And I love ramen, and mm. it's been chilly in New York City, so I was happy to warm up with some tasty ramen. So, warm yeah. up with the noodles, noodles and some soup. <laughs> Liz, you go. <laughs> Okay, did you guys hear about uh, Cynthia Erivo? Oh, no, what happened? Is this good thing? She's Elphaba. What in the Wicked what? movie? What? What? And, and Ariana what? And, and Ariana Grande is uh, is uh, why can't I think of her name? Glinda. Glinda. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel great about Cynthia though. Um. Yeah. I'm fine with both of these because Ariana Grande can hit the notes and at least they have someone who can hit the notes. Do you think they made her actually do a screen test for it or did they just use the version of Popular that she did with Mika like back seven years ago? Do you remember that version? That's why they cast her, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm very so, excited. Sorry, that just broke and I thought I'd share that. Oh. Um, Amazing. But uh, my mini good thing, mini good thing. Um, I'm going to go with... That I saw last night in Soho the other weekend, and I really liked it. It was very good. I thought it was just fun to see an Edgar Wright movie in the theater and have some fun. Yes. What What is that movie? I just keep seeing ads for it here in the subway, and I'm like, is it a thriller? Is it like a drama? Okay, is it, so what's going on? I just know it has it is, what's her name with the big eyes in it. Yes. So um, it's about this girl who's in like current day. And she is, gets into London fashion school. So she's moving to London, but she lives in like a small town in England. Mm -hmm. And so she's never been to London. It's kind of scary. Her mother passed away and she has like this ability to like see people that have died basically. So she like sometimes sees her mom. Well, kind of, but not really. She doesn't like talk to the dead people. She can just like observe them. Mm -hmm. So she goes to college, but she ends up like, 
hating her roommate, so she gets a room somewhere, and, like, the room she's staying in has, like, a connection to this woman in the 60s of London who had, like, a traumatic experience at trying to become famous, and so she, like, basically every time she goes to sleep or, like, falls asleep, she, like, lives out this woman's, like, life and is basically trying to, like, solve a crime that has happened through her life in the current day. I know that sounds oh. crazy. It sounds but interesting. Like, it's really good. I think both of the actresses are great. On- Anya Taylor-Joy is literally so wonderful, and I'm obsessed with her. She's just a great actress, but, like, yeah. yeah. And the costumes are wonderful. Like, I mean, I love that time period for fashion, so it's just super fun to watch. Um... Yeah, it was just really good, and it has, like, uh, it to me, it would be a book that you would love, Alec, if that makes any sense. Like, okay. I feel like it feels like a thriller book that, like, a lot of people I know would really like, but it's just that it was a movie first. And Edgar Wright is always brilliant, in my opinion. I just think every movie he makes is, like, literally perfect, but, um, yeah, I think this is another really fun one, so. Don't he did, like... Me- he Sorry. did Scott Pilgrim. Thank you. Okay, I was like, I know the name, but you're yeah, he did like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, those movies. Oh, um, yeah, and then also Baby Driver, which is unfortunate only because Kevin Spacey's in it and wah wah, but wah wah indeed. <sighs> but yeah, so that's my mini good thing. Nice. I really enjoyed it. Casey, well, you might guess the first part, but you won't see where it leads, Alec, because my mini good thing starts off with a story. And the story is I was watching a video of Lindsay Ellis doing a review of Love Never Dies and explaining the whole story of it. And then my YouTube, because it knows me so well, was like, hey, you might like watch this like video as well. And it's like, okay. And the channel is called Wait in the Wings. And it's someone who does a deep That's dive. That's literally into... where I thought this was going. Damn it. <laughs> um, no, it's not. You lie. Take it back. I'll cut it out. It really So is. anyway, Alex said nothing. Uh, <laughs> No, um, but Impossible. they just did deep dives into theater <laughs> stuff in general. And they did a great one about like Spider-Man to the Dark that I loved. They did a wonderful one on Carrie because my understanding of why it closed is actually completely different than all the shenanigans that happened. Oh. Um, yeah, I watched a nice review of what if that ha- or if then not what if sorry, if then with Adina Menzel in it. Um, it's just. If you love musical theater, but you love to know, like, behind-the-scenes drama and shit that happened and just, like, a look into the weird production side of things, it's so fun. And I also found out that they do a podcast as well of the same oh. episodes, but they really sit on a podcast forum. So if you don't want to watch videos, but you like to hear people talk like you like to hear us talk, I then might listen to do that. Wait in the Wings. Yeah. Yeah. I don't time. mind. I don't mind, like, those YouTube videos. What do we call them? Video, video essays. Uh, yeah, I love video essays. But, like, at one point, I'm just like, I could just be listening to this on the train. Like, I don't need to watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. Great. So that's awesome. Now you can. Now and can. that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. And Liz is going to carry on our Why Are You Like This Month with her choice of... You can't do this on television. Woo! I really, I have no clue what this is. I've never yeah. seen it. <laughs> we don't know. That's the whole point. So Ooh. we'll find out together. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.